After an off-season of natural disasters, political problems and a worldwide pandemic, it's just nice to be able to power up the mics and forget about the real world for a couple of hours. I'm Gordo and with me in the sports den of safety is Twitter's favourite football nuffy, the people's prophet, the ammo super coach himself, big bustling Baz. Baz, are we excited for season 2020? And if so, what are we excited about? <laughs> I just can't get over your intros all the time. Super ammo's coach. Come on, mate. Didn't win the flag last year, so I'm not super ammo's coach. Lost by a point. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for footy now. 2020, um, um, cricket season's pretty much done, although they're playing two games this weekend for, um, I don't know why, but New Zealand. But, no, I'm looking forward to this year's footy. And I think it's actually going to be a really good year. I, I really do think there's, you know, probably 10 to 12 teams that can make finals. And it's going to be... Injuries and everything like that is going to play play its uh, part, and obviously, you know, with the coronavirus, how that's going to affect the season as well. Who knows? It's an interesting year, anyway. So, hundred percent, and it could be a blessing in disguise because obviously, if they if they ban fans from going to the stadium, that will basically mean they'll ban public transport, which means they'll have to make you stay home from work. So, really, footy might be the only thing that we're able to do: watch yeah. footy on the TV, stay home, yeah, footy, work on the podcast. Like, yeah, it's blessing in disguise. Yeah. Well, or, I've seen a few gags with uh, you know North Melbourne and Carlton and Melbourne used to playing, especially Jeremy Howard had a had a good old little swat, side swipe at uh, Melbourne about not being used to not playing in front of crowds. So it'd be yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens because you know I, I, I was I'm actually looking forward to going to a few games this year. So who knows? I might not be able to. <laughs> All right, we'll get stuck into our favourite segment, which is Coach's Corner. And every year, you like to talk about all the... Uh, allude to the fact that the headlines are basically the same, the storylines are basically the same, the narratives yeah. are basically the same, coming into every round one of every year. So we're going to ignore them. Go back yeah. and watch our, our previous podcast, listen to them. Baz has already laid down the basic narrative structure of every season. So what I want to get to is just the number one talking point yeah. of every preseason, which yeah. is preseason form. And my question to you as a coach... In any level of football, does it actually matter? I think I don't think form matters. I think uh, how you're playing and, and you can identify areas you need to work on and little uh, twitches you may need to make to your game plan, probably more so at uh, lower levels because you might not have, for instance, we don't have a ruckman or we don't have any tools, so we're going to be playing football a bit differently this year than what we have probably the previous two years, and that's in the under-19s, the seniors are Bit similar, they got you know probably don't have the forwards that we've had the last few years because they've gone to VFL clubs. So you know we've got to think about ways of how we're going to you know capitalise going inside fifty. So yeah, preseason um, is what you work use that you know preseason to work on that and come up with ideas and strategies on what you want to do. But preseason form, I don't really look into it. Um, never have you know I've coached the last three years and. I don't think it plays a massive part in how your season looks out. I mean, last year, our two practice games we got done by a combined 300 points. So, and then we lost one game all year. So, I don't really yeah. look into it too much. It's, it's about giving everyone a run, seeing where they're playing in different positions, even pre-season training. You know, I think it's a bit overhyped sometimes as well with what you need to do. You just make sure that the boys know what sort of game style they're playing. It can execute it and then, you know... Lock come, up fit, ready and healthy. Yeah, exactly. And 
I think, you know, not too many teams play too differently anymore. They all, you know, pretty much play with a similar style, um, you know, little little different adaptations. But, yeah, I think footy's pretty simple at the moment and the players have a big responsibility on field. And I think if you let them express themselves with a little bit of uh, guidance, it, it, you know, have its rewards. Yeah, and I think it backed up by the ladder here with the uh, Marsh Community Cup Series in the AFL terms. Uh, if you look at the top undefeated teams from two rounds, that's the top seven. Only one played finals last year. So you had GWS Giants, killed it. You kind of expect that they played in the grand final last year. Then you had Gold Coast Suns, two and zip. Melbourne, Fremantle, St Kilda, Port and Essendon. And that alone will tell you that, okay, they're the teams that have to go hard early if they want to have a chance at finals. But also they're the teams that had longer to prepare have already feathered into their preseason, already feathered into their prep. Yeah, definitely. And and Gold Coast also, uh, the last couple of years, have started the season really well. Mm. So you probably bank them to win a few games early, but then they fall away as, as the kids get a bit tighter throughout the year. But obviously they've also recruited pretty well, or not pretty well, but they've recruited some mature age bodies to help that out as well. So yeah, I'd expect Gold Coast to win a few games early. Yeah. And then you look at the other side of the coin. So the teams that didn't win a game in preseason, West Coast, Adelaide, Hawthorne, Richmond, Geelong, Carlton, and Sydney. Bit of a mixed bag there, but you would think the likes of West Coast, Hawthorne, Richmond, and Geelong have nothing to worry about. No, I think uh, yeah, I don't think gonna, I don't think Sydney's got anything to worry about either. But I think Carlton have some injury worries and some worries going forward. When you approach a preseason game, do you have like KPIs in mind, or is it literally just miles on the legs? Like, do you go in there with a specific a specific objective, almost like? Uh, how you have in career mode on all the uh, NBA-style games or all your player sports profile games? Or do you go in and just say, it's just a regular game, play how you want to play it? Oh, it's a regular game, play how you play, but you want to see them, like I said, you want to see them playing the, the style of football you want them to play and, and executing plans and strategies and stuff like that you've, you've put in place. So when it gets to round one, they know what they're doing. It's, it's a good chance for them to make mistakes, not be... You know, not fully executing and learn from their, their errors and, and learn from the game. And so round one, when it's actually a win or loss and it means something that, you know, hopefully they've, they've learned from those two or three practice games, whatever, how many of they play. Like, we've been doing full ground stuff, you know, into, into club, into, into side stuff for the last four weeks trying to get that right, so. And my last question, a bit like in horse racing, how the, the tri- you can have access to trials footage. Yeah. Do we need access to pre-season footage for AFL? No. Or should we just get rid of it and just organise our own practice games, do it wherever? I guarantee most of the clubs wouldn't be putting it out. Uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be playing at 120%, put it yeah. that way. Yeah. But they wouldn't be going through... They'd be hitting about fourth gear out of six and just keeping a few little things under the table. But like I said, most teams now, you know, they play similar style of footy. So, or if they don't, there's only like three or four different ways they play. So... It's all about frontal pressure, and you know they might be extra, they might play an extra number at the stoppage. They might put an extra number behind the footy, but it's all the same sort of thing. When they get it, they all surge pressure, frontal pressure, keeping your forward half. It's all all the stats over the last four or five years add up to you know if you're good at it, you're pretty much playing a grand final. So Richmond, Western Bulldogs, you know they've all they've all started something, and and yeah, it's been continued on. So. Let's get into our crystal ball section then. Our over-unders massive pre-season preview. 
And we're chunking it up this year, we're gonna do three different episodes. The first episode will focus on who we deem to be the seller dwellers for 2020. And the team that people think are gonna be the most seller dweller of them all are the Gold Coast Suns. So, as you said, so last season, quite well for them. But were left holding the spoon. Their last of their three wins was in round four, and they lost their last five by an average of 74 points. Is there any hope for the Gold Coast Suns this year? Not to make finals. I think they'll win six or seven games. Six or seven. So where's that improvement come from then? Well, because they've picked up two probably of the best under-18 kids in Noah Anderson and, uh, and Rao. And I think just they're just... They're going to have some really good kids they've picked up this year. And last year, you know, Rankin hopefully can get fit and play. Um, and we've seen a few others already, you know, the King King boys and Lacocious. Um, and they got in, you know, Brandon Ellis and Hugh Greenwood, and who, who are going to add some big bodies to their side and help out with that. And I just think that another year and a few of their players' legs, Stewie Jew starting to build a culture. He's just signed an extension as well. Uh, and like I said, Rao and Anderson are going to add to that. And hopefully... Yeah, hopefully they can win a few games. Like I said, I think they'll start the season well, but as the season kicks on, they'll probably drop off a bit. And it's, you know, Carlton have done it previously as well. When you look at Carlton over the previous few years, and I think uh, Gold Coast do about the same. They'll be competitive throughout halfway through the year, get a few injuries, get a few kids a bit tired and sore. They'll start putting them away. And, and so along those lines, if you were Stu Jew, are you going with the mentality of express yourself, young fellas, you're, you know, your top 10 draft picks? Or is it more, we need to play to some structure so we don't get blown out too often? Well, that, well, that transition during the year. Particularly. I think we saw that last year. They 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 played us. They tried to play over the back footy, um, play high up so they get scored against a lot, and then would try and get it over the back. And teams figure that out after they won a few games, and they had to change their style a bit. I think I think he's he wanted to be competitive, so I think he might you know congest congest it up a bit. But I th- I also think he wants like blokes like Anderson and, and Rao and that. I think he's going to let him go and. You know, Rankin's such a good footballer as well. Hopefully his hamstrings are right. And you, you, you've seen King play and we've seen, you know, Lacocious play as well. I think I think you just got to let him go and have some sort of structure. But, yeah, I'd, I'd let him just play and let him... Obviously, you don't have a game plan. Yeah. Let, learn, let, learn that. But I reckon just let him play because they're absolute guns. So why not? A bit like GWS, you know, Cameron's caught through the flat because he relies on so much talent and they, they play the talent footy. But I think Stewie Jew's a bit different. He'll make sure they've got that... Structure in place underneath. Yeah, a bit of blue collar about him as well. And so my last question on the Suns is, player retention's been a massive issue. What's a pass mark for the Suns this year and what do they have to do to keep the talent there to show them that it's actually going to be okay to play footy in the future up on the Gold Coast? Well, it's up to Stewie Jew and a leadership group to build a culture. Um, You know, we've heard a lot about their culture and how poor it is and how poor it's been, I should say, probably. Um... But now these, these guys coming in, these young blokes from last year, this year, it's up to them. You know, already King signing on, Lukosha signing on, and hopefully Rao and Anderson sign on. It helps when they get mates together, a bit like what Brisbane did, um, and, and Gold Coast have done that as well. I think if they win six games and they show that they're, they're still improving, those boys up there will want to stay because they might they, they know they're probably closer to winning a flag there and staying coming somewhere else. So if I was them, I'd be trying to build something and make a name for yourself at Gold Coast instead of, you know, coming back to Melbourne. Yeah. And do you reckon that part of that, I mean, have the players themselves going to be like potential to build their own, you know, five-year plans type of thing? Is there enough of those group, enough of those players grouped in the same amount of age bracket that they can actually do that themselves? Or does it have to be driven by the coaches, do you think? I think the coaches drive it as well, because, but it has to be like leadership-driven and player-driven. 
I think you find more now players have to be driven to to do things. Coaches are obviously set the standards and have all the boxes that want to be ticked, but if the players don't want to get involved in it, then it's the, the days of the coach yelling it and berating you and forcing you to do it are gone. Yeah. It's more, you know, working together as a team and doing all those sorts of things together. So I think it has to be on both sides and it must be the players jarring together and saying, right, we want to build something here, let's go. And then Stewie Jew and the, and the assistants going, right, well, we're, we're in it with you. This is how we think it should look. What do you think? Yes, we agree. Bang, let's go. Let's go do something about this. All right. So bookmakers have the break even for Gold Coast season at four and a half wins. Two dollars is paying unders, and the overs is a dollar eighty. I'm taking over. So you, you're banking on that six wins. I reckon I get five or six wins. Yep. Yeah. I'll improve on last year. So if you look at their draw, third easiest in the comp, as you would expect. They play the top six time Brisbane twice. They play Port Adelaide from the middle six twice. And their bottom six teams, they play twice, are Fremantle, Sydney and Melbourne. Well, Melbourne will be, won't be bottom again. Yeah. Uh, Sydney, you know, they're going to be a good side. Fremantle will be horrible. So I reckon... There's your four over there, your six. There's, there's, two, there's two wins against uh, Freo. Yeah. Um, and they'll pop up and they'll beat Carlton and, and probably North Melbourne and... Depends on, you know, they generally have a good record against St Kilda as well. So there's a few teams that I reckon they can knock off, especially out with Gold Coast. They, this year they don't, you know, have no issues with home games and stuff. So I think they'll be all right. All right. I'm going the unders on the Suns, I think four. So they're going to just drop short of that four and a half benchmark. Again, teams like Fremantle, I think, especially away, Carlton away, Melbourne away. I'm, I'm not buying any Melbourne stock this year. I can't, I just can't do it to myself. But I don't think, there's not many other teams I can see them beating away from, from Gold Coast. And then a lot of teams coming there, it's not going to be a fortress. It's not like Brisbane was last year. It's going to be yeah. like even Fremantle over at, at uh, the new Optus Stadium. So it's going to be tough for them, I think. But as you said, if, if Studio can reframe the year to a longer time frame and say this, we're building to a three or four year plan, so long as we can see our own improvement and back ourselves in, I think they won't be in too much trouble. So, And hopefully, even if they do win the sprint again this year, it's not the same doomsday media Recycled oh, junk that you get every be. year. It will be. You know it will be. I know it will be too. Fremantle. Again, another team that started 2019 brightly. They were sitting second on the ladder after six rounds. Four and two, percentage of 128. Ross the Boss was playing exciting football. Everyone was buying in and getting super stoked about the Dockers. And then Ross the Boss went, hey, actually, I like to play dire, dour, dire football. And in the end, it cost him his job. And uh, now it's a new time and a new rising at the old Dockers. But will it be same old, same old, do you think, out west? Yeah, I think they're in for a horrible year. I reckon they could finish almost second bottom or bottom. So worse than the Suns in, in terms of their position, list, The only thing, if, if, if Fife goes down, they're in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, he, he will pretty much have to carry them. Do you reckon the way they played in the preseason will replicate the way they'll play in the regular season? Because if that's the case, they're not going to rely on Fife. It was more like this slow chip and, chip and charge, real Brett and Bolton type areas. Well, then they're in bigger trouble because, let's be honest, they've lost a lot of quality over the last two years. Like they've lost obviously Lockie Neal, yep. Ellis Bradley Hill as well, who is an absolute gun on the outside. Obviously, Ed Langdon was pretty good for him as well when he played. Um, and, that, and, that, and they've also got a bit of a, a ruck issue. Um, they get Blake Akers in, who's a very good footballer for Kilda. James Aish will, you know, he played his role for Collingwood, but I don't think he's going to be any better for for Freo. Um, they picked up a couple of really good young players like Liam Henry's going to be a gun but you know first year of footy he's a small framed 
you know, um, boy, so he's not going to be he's not gonna be holding up very well against senior body. Like, he probably plays... Reminds me a bit like uh, Petrescu Seaton from Carlton, but yeah. I think he's a bit more slicker. Um, but I just, I just, you know, it's a struggle. They just haven't got any quality. I, like, apart yeah. from five, and obviously uh, Jesse Hogan not playing, who's going to kick their goals? So that's that's my big, big concern. And that was the same problem last year. They had Hogan, Tappan and McCartney, Lobb and Cox missing most of the season yeah. up front. So who does kick their goals? Well, the answer was no one. And the answer is no one again this year. And Rory Lobb's not a number one ruckman, so we've already discussed that mm. at length in previous years. So, yeah, I'm a bit worried about them. So I think, yeah, I think they're, they're going to have a bit of a rebuild. And for that reason, I think they're going to... They'll probably win enough games at home. They'll probably win, you know, a few games at home, but away. And, you know, I just think they're really going to struggle. And they also, because they play the, uh, the Derby, they get West Coast twice. That's two guaranteed losses. And then their bottom six times that they're playing uh, twice are St Kilda, Melbourne, and Gold Coast. So maybe Gold Coast that will be the that will be the important game to Frio this year. And then St Kilda and Melbourne are, are tough challenges for a side that's basically going to be an effort, not skill team. This yeah, year. yeah. And I think the teams you mentioned there, West Coast Doggies, they play twice from the top six, middle six. They they'll be fighting for the eight, so they'll probably they should you know beat Fremantle. Yeah. And St Kilda, I reckon, have improved and probably better than Fremantle. Melbourne definitely better than Fremantle, and then it's Gold Coast. Again, like Gold Coast, I can only see Fremantle, Gold Coast, and North Melbourne really comp- and Carlton competing with each other. Yeah. Yeah, they'll knock off someone up in the top eight, top ten, because it's just what happens. But I re- really think they're uh, they're in for a really tough year. So bookmakers have set their line at eight and a half wins. I think we're both taking the under on this one. Uh yep, definitely. A team that we've loved to hate for a very long time. The Adelaide Crows finished top of the ladder in 2017. They won two funnels by an average margin of eight goals. They made it to the granny. And ever since that day that Richmond won their first flag in however many years it was, they have just seen their whole club fall apart on field, off field, behind the scenes, in front of the camera, in yep. front of goals. Leadership spills, coaches sacked. Yep. Is it a list issue for Adelaide? <laughs> An off-field issue for Adelaide, or is the whole club just going to need to like rise from the phoenix and just start again? I just don't think they have any good. They don't have a lot of talent, mm. and the talent they got are very same. So, you, I mean, you got your your good ball users like Lynch and, and probably Seedsman Laird. Um, then you got your heart like the the blokes are very similar in the midfield. So your Sloan, your 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 Crouches, those sorts of blokes are all they're all very similar. The good thing about this year is I think Jenkins out gives Darcy Fogarty a, a good crack. So yep. we saw you know glimpses of how good he could be. So it's good that he's back and um, hopefully can you know lift his game after he's had a few years now in the system. Uh, you know Brody Smith, Tyler, Taylor Walker, they got to lift again. I, I think it's good that Rory Sloan's captain and probably leave Walker alone a bit. He can probably step back and won't cop as much crap as what he does. You know from people who don't think he should be captain i.e. me. Um, <laughs> I think they'll win enough games at Adelaide because this, this is what happens. Yeah. But I, I, again, I think they're, they're nowhere near the top eight. Mm. They're, nowhere, they're nowhere near it. They'll, they'll be a bottom six team. And when you talk about culture, do you think they have a cultural issue in terms of not embracing otherness? So you look at the outs they had this year that went to other clubs. Eddie Betts back to Carlton, Cam Ellis-Yeldman back to, uh, to Brisbane, Hugh Greenman to Gold Coast, Sam Jacobs to GDOS, Josh Jenkins to Geelong, Alex Keith to Western Bulldogs. All of those are your more character, effervescent-driven guys. They're a bit more outspoken. They like to speak their mind. They like to be a bit more individual. They've all left. And you look at the list they currently have, 
personality-wise, they all seem very much the same. And as you said before, skill set-wise, they're all very kind of run-of-the-mill, reliable yeah. footballers, but there's no... There's no flash, there's no otherness, there's no X factor left in Adelaide anymore. Yeah. Is that, is that, do you reckon that's more of an ingrained cultural issue where the, like, the Adelaide Football Club is this homogenous football club where you no, have to they, kind of buy in to be that? They stuffed up when they, they did that camp, didn't they? Well, that looks to be the case, yeah. And it, you know, they deny it, they deny it. And they, they were one of the teams that went from having a wellness uh, person there and you know, uh, a lot of clubs have them now, Collingwood has them, Richmond have them, everyone has them. Mm. They're one of the teams that went back from that and went to the camp, went back to leading teams. And look where they are now. Like they've had players leave. Uh, you know, Bryce Gibbs can't get a game. Looks like, you know, that, that cost them two first round picks. Like just a lot of big errors, errors have happened and I think it's in a backfire. They need, they almost need to start a rebuild. And Ben Crocker's not your answer and Billy Francis not your answer and either's, you know, Ben Keys. They went a bit differently though to what, um, Port did last year was when they, they just recruited local boys and, and skillful local kids. They've they've still got they've still recruited blokes from you know from Perth and Sandy and they got one from um, from Adelaide but they got the other boys are from other clubs as well. So yeah, it's just an interesting interesting recruitment by Adelaide and especially when you have a history of go home factor being pretty pretty common in the, in the league at the moment. Yeah, and then also pretty common in Adelaide, where everyone doesn't seem to think it's a good place to play footy. No, people want to re- recruit from interstate. Well, people want to go to Port Adelaide, but they don't want to go to Adelaide. So, yeah. and uh, you know, Bryce Gibbs went there, but they paid overs for him. And it's hurt him. So, uh, yeah, they stuffed up with the camp. Hopefully, they've you know they fixed those things that have happened. They got rid of, they got a new coach. All those sorts of things have happened. So, hopefully, it's a new beginning for them. But I still don't think they're anywhere near the top eight. Like I said, I think they're bottom sixteen. They won't win over eight and a half games. They're unders. They play Brisbane twice, Port twice. Um, you, you know, you probably Port that evens it out because it's a, it's a derby. But you know, they'll, Fremantle they'll sh- they should beat Fremantle. They won't beat Sydney. They won't beat Melbourne. So yeah, I, I've got them bottom six. Yeah, do you reckon the Adelaide advertiser will take these on them this year, given it's a new coach? And almost give them the rebuild, or are they still expected to be the alpha dog in Adelaide? If they're competitive, you'll get away with it. If they if they get belted, if they get belted for, for, for you know the first half of the season, then it'll be Brendan Bolton sort of because he wasn't really a coach that everyone thought was in a. He's from your Ben Bolton sort of class. Yeah. He's not your. So your former grade is not yeah not not a Mark yeah. Prosciutto type. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, unders the obvious play there at eight and a half. We've mentioned them a couple of times already this podcast. Carlton, everyone is buying big on the Carlton bandwagon. They haven't been in contention for basically my entire life. So I never I never understood this whole, like, Carlton are this great crowd club. But apparently they are. And now, new coach, new era, a fantastic, in, in their terms, fantastic end for 2019. Have they jumped the gun? Are they getting ahead of themselves? Because as everyone keeps telling us in mainstream footy media, the most important thing to realise is where you're at as a footy club. Definitely. And I think Melbourne can take a bit from that because uh, st- even though they're... <laughs> even though they've had, you know, an interesting year last year, they're still pumping up their own tyres. But, anyway, I think Carlton need to make sure that Kernel and McKay get on the park. Yeah. If they don't, well, then... I think you mean Charlie Kernel, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So he's basically out for the six weeks minimum. Yeah. So their problems are going to be kicking goals and it'll, you know, come down to McGovern. Um, you know, 
we've seen he's changed his body shape. He's got a bit fitter and stuff like that. Uh, Eddie Betts, is he going to you know improve from what he has year. last year? I mean, he's probably still good for 30 or 40 goals, but again, he still needs that help down there. He's not going to kick it by himself. Jack Martin, you know, a lot's been talked about him in the preseason, but coming from Gold Coast and he never really set it alight up there and... Uh, you know, he had these games where he had lots of possessions and stuff like that. But, you know, him and Saul, especially Seaton, are very similar type players. Can they have two or three of those players in the team? Obviously, you've already got uh, Cripps now. He's an absolute bull and a gun. And he, him himself will get him over the line. Um, I worry about their ruck if Cruiser goes down, um, which I think I think he has. Because I think, um, oh no, that's Essen, so I've got no rucks. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm a bit concerned about where they're at. So, obviously, Doherty's back, you know. They get a, get a player back there. I, I still think they rely a little bit too much on Cripps and a couple other boys like Doherty and, and Simpson and stuff like that to get the job done. And Well, even in terms of midfield, Ed Kerno and Mark Murphy uh, had an 80% increase from when Brendan Bolton got the sack to the rest of the season. Time spent instead of bounces and centre clearances. Yeah. So they still rely heavily on their old old big bodies to do it for them all season. Yeah. And the younger ones still haven't really seemed to be able to pick up their load yet. And it's been probably three or four years into that into that process of building them up and getting them around the 50-game mark. So, I, th- I still think they'll win you know, eight to ten games, but they won't be in the finals. Mm. All right? Everyone's like talking about whether they, whether they can do a Brisbane. Look, Brisbane... You can see the talent there. You can see the talent at Carlton, but I still think they're at least a year or two away, especially under Teague. And like I said, if, if, if Cruiser goes down, their ruck stocks are really thin. And they've got Mark Pittnett to, mm. to cover for Cruiser. So, and they, they do have you know, um, young DeConing, I think it is, the ruckman. He's still learning the, the ropes and stuff, and you know, he's going to be good in a few years. But again, it doesn't help him this year. So I, I really worry about them. You know, the, the spruik on them, people saying they're going to win, you know, in make finals, I don't think that's going to happen. So, and that was the interesting thing about the Bolton era with the journey and the the uh, documentary that they did is they really controlled that narrative quite nicely, trying to buy themselves time to develop. And then yep. it seems now they went, well, we can't, our fans can't handle the losing anymore. We're going to have to cut that off and go back to being the Carlton of old, which is we're going to win the flag every year, basically. Yeah. And they've definitely bought back into it again. And I, I like, we'll get on to the round one previews next week, but. How big is that game then? If they get pumped by Richmond, which they probably should by like six goals. Yeah, I reckon Richmond can't lead. Then, yeah. then that's a pretty going to be a pretty deflating start to uh, Carlton's year. Look, if, if by the if by the halfway marks of the buy round they haven't won, say five. Oh, they'd want to be five or six wins in. Yeah, then then people will be talking. I, I, I don't think he's going to be under pressure too much, Teague, but because I think he's got probably another year or two in mm. him. But yeah, the. Where people think they should be because of what happened with Brisbane last year, I reckon there'll be a bit more pressure on them come the bye if they haven't won five or six games. Especially on an Edwin five or six, if they're going to get to that eight nine mark because they're going to fade away late with that young. List. Well, they actually were better last year than the previous years in the second half. Well, I think half that's season. part of that's honeymoon as well. Yeah, with T coming in, but yeah, they do have a history as well. But that's again, it's the the average age bracket and game bracket. Always, it's a proven theory, which I think I said about three and a half years ago. So, fixture difficulty, sixth easiest. They play Richmond twice, as they always do. They've played the Bulldogs and North Melbourne twice, and St Kilda and Sydney. Those bottom six, St Kilda and Sydney, would be... They're important games, obviously, against teams they should beat. 
And then if they can jag North once or twice, then oh. you're halfway there. So. North won't be middle of the table this year. Give you a real tip. And St Kilda and Sydney will be better than what people probably give them credit for. So they'd want to cash in on the North ones and they'd want to cash in on like Freo and, and Gold Coast. The Blues for me are the, the team I'm sitting on the fence on a bit because I, I'm a bit worried. Um, and out of those teams, I think Gold Coast, Fremantle are definitely in trouble. Yep. So the over-under mark here for the Blues is eight and a half. You're taking the overs or the unders? Unders, here? unders. Unders at two bucks, eight yep. and a half. Yeah. I'm going overs here. You said before they're an eight to ten win team. Yep, I'm taking the value at under eight, two um, bucks. I'm going, I'm taking the knowledge here from the big bustling Baz. Nine wins. Sydney are a team that confuse me. Because I get nostalgic with them growing up as a young... I remember the 06, 07 Grand Finals. They're a battling squad. They've only missed out on, I think, two finals in the last decade. Yep. But is this the same Sydney team of old, or are they actually just doing a sneaky rebuild on us and we should forget about oh, no. who we think they are? Don't worry. They're, they're, they're going to be very, very... I reckon they're going to surprise this year. This, they might. They won't be as good as Brisbane, I think, where they'll finish top four. But I reckon they're a lock-in for the eight. Because people are... When I say people, mainstream footy media are desperately concerned about sitting. Like, no, I reckon I've... Dower games in the preseason, them, all those in, things that we ignore, but... I've got him in the eight as long as Buddy plays more than 12 games. Wow. Because I think he, he's class and he will help. Um, they've, got so much, they've got so much talent that people forget about. And, you know, Nick Blake, Blake is going to get better. Callum Mills, hopefully, can stay fit and he'll get better. Florence going to get better. He had a really good year last year. Uh, you got Lloyd and, and Hewitt, Robottom, those sorts of Fox, those sorts of blokes. Haywood, who played games last year, got lots of games in, who again will take further improvement. Their ruck is a bit of an issue for me um, going forward, but we'll see what happens. They picked up Sam Gray, who he'll, he'll play a role for them, I think, this year. He'll um, come in and out. Caden Brand's an interesting pickup. They picked up some really good young players as well, and they've still got some, you know, some talent on that list that. Um, haven't played yet, so you know we'll see Will Gold as well. But he's a he's a very very good player. But you know Harry Reynolds, I, I'm gonna give him a bit of a plug. Hopefully he gets a kick as well and shows his his stuff. But yeah, I think they I think they made a mistake by letting Darcy Cameron go. Yeah. If something happens to Sinclair, then they're in they're in some strife. But I I, re, I really really think that um, they're gonna finish top four. They'll play that style of footy they always play because it works so well from at Sydney. And when you say that style of footy they're always gonna play, last year they were nine as eleven on average in contested footy, last in the league. So have they gone away from that? Have they gone away from that bloods mentality? Because they, they've been dropping in that. So 2016 they were second in it. 2017 they were seventh. They were ninth in 2018 last year. Last, is it? Was it just an off year? Was it injuries? Was Obviously, it a slow it, start? Or was yeah, injuries and a lot of young kids playing. So they're just learning how to play and learning the roles. And I, 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 I really think they're going to bounce back. And some smart drafting and at the end of this season, we'll see them stay around the mark as well. And when you say if Buddy plays more than 12 games, yeah. is that a smart punting move to rely on Buddy? Well, he's been pretty fit until he had his injury this preseason. But um, he looked pretty good, actually, the photos I saw. Then yeah. he got injured. He's. I reckon you just put him in the bat in the cotton wool and just play him at home and take him to a few of the games away, because he's so instrumental on their team and he, they obviously score more when he plays. But yeah, I think with you know the way that McCartan and, and Blakey played last year, if they can take another 10, 15 percent up on that, and you can chuck Buddy in there, he can push up further up the ground. He's elite, he's elite kicking and, and smarts and the magic of Buddy. 
they're all of a sudden become a couple of goal better side. Yeah. And I do agree. So if you go on expected wins from last year, their scoring profiles, they should have won 11 games. They only won eight, which means they have huge room for improvement just based on the list that they had last year. As you mentioned yep. there, list has improved. So I've also penciled them in as probably my rising team that shouldn't be in the cellar dweller period. So I've got a keep an eye on the Swans. The over-under here is nine and a half. The teams they play twice are GOS, Essen, Hawthorne, Carlton and Gold Coast. So they've basically got four wins there already with Carlton and Gold Coast. Um, I reckon they win 11 games, so I've got them going yeah. over. That I do too. 11 games sneaking into the eight. Sneaking into the eight. I'll probably just miss on mine, but definitely over the nine and a half at $1.90. And the last of these teams in the cellar dwellers is one of our... One of our least favourite teams, safe to say, of the history of this podcast. Yep. We used to not even give them the name, but we'll say them so far. It's pre-season. North Melbourne. They got rid of Brad Scott, who... Shout out to Brad Scott, because I appreciate people who get keep getting them checks, regardless of how good or bad they're doing. Yep. He just kept getting paid. Good yep. on him. You need to get paid. You need to get wages, especially in these uh, hard economic times. But under Reeves Shaw, they obviously had a massive, massive honeymoon period. They were playing a different style of footy. They looked to be connected... Will that stack up again this year, or is that just the honeymoon period that always happens after you suck a coach? Well, you look at their, some of their players that they rely on, they've been pretty good for them. Uh, Goldstein, Cunnington, uh, Zeeble, Higgins, uh, even Ben Brown. You know, they're not getting any younger. Uh, they're a pretty old sort of team, I reckon. Just off the top of my head, I haven't looked at the stats, so I could be wrong. But I, I, I feel that they only know one way of playing, and if they're just not, a, they're just not a good team. Like I mean, Goldstein's a gun ruck when he's thirty-one. You know, Ben Cunnington, you know, he's twenty-eight. And he, the way he plays, we've seen players that play like him. You know, like your Kennedys and stuff, drop off a lot earlier because of just how brutal he is on their body. You know, Aaron Hall came in last year and couldn't get a game. You know, Zeebel's the same. He's twenty-nine, but he's banged up. Higgins thirty-two. He's had his injuries. Um, you know, Jed Anderson had a good year, but again, he's you know upwards of 27, 28. Pirard again, 28. So, like, you know, then they're probably the best players, obviously, coming through are your, your, you know, your Taron Thomas, Davis Unaki, Larky, Zaha. Um, it's probably probably about it, really, isn't it? I, I can't, like, think of too many other teams that have, you know, been, um, sorry, players. Aiden Bonner will make a massive um, improvement to this team. But, yeah, you just look at... You just look at the team and you just think, geez, there's not a lot of talent there, is there? Not a lot, no. So to go back to your previous mention there, they're the fourth oldest list in the competition at the moment. Yeah. Um, and as you said, it's a lot of effort, guys. They seem to play on effort. And even when Shorey was talking in press conferences last year, after yeah. games, it was all about endeavour and effort. And fair enough too, and that's what it should be. But they'll only get you so far. And if you don't have any A graders, which they really, they really don't like, Ben Cunningham's great. He'll be rated elite on champion data because of the touches and his efficiency, or whatever. But hang, it's on, not... hang on, you can, the champion data elite category is fine, but Magic yeah. Door is rated elite. Exactly. So let's just think about that. Yeah. Exactly. But also, you can be elite without being damaging. Yeah. And he's and you're not you're not rocking up on match day being like, oh, Ben Cunningham's going to tear us apart today. No, I wouldn't be concerned about it. Like, he's going to get heaps of touch. He's going to be, he's going to be silky. He's going to do his job. He's going to be all those things. I'm not scared of it. There's, as you said, there's no one really on that list that you're scared of. Goldie can break ruck records. Not scared of him. No. Just have the touches. They're a team of just 
like average. Okay, they're just okay. They're almost just boring. They're just stodgy. They're a stodgy football club. Jeez, we give North Melbourne a bit of shit. We give every year, every year. But they don't change. No. And they then, just don't and, change. And they're not going to make the eight. And they, There's no way they win 10 games this year. There's no way. So, there's huge value in the under. I actually the, want to the, try the and The break find, even is nine and a half. Can I try and find a market to pick my own line? Because I don't reckon they'll win eight games. I reckon, they'll win eight games. No, I don't reckon they'll, they'll, they'll go under seven games. Just remember this for the end of the year. Yeah. Seven games they'll win. There you go. I'm definitely under the nine and a half. That's paying $2.05, which is exceptional value in these 50-50 type markets. They'll be up to 11 games soon. People have them making the eight. People have them impressing everyone. How? Short the market. Short the market. Short the hype. Take the under, under nine and a half. Because end of the day, they don't have the list. All right, it comes to the end of our Celadel's predictions for 2020. Stay tuned for our two other season preview episodes and pencil in Thursday mornings in your diary. That will be our new regular time slot for our weekly What Are the Odds podcast. Thank you, Baz. And until next time, remember, when in doubt, trust your best.